one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay our father what a wonderful time we've had as a sweet family of god visitors and folks that have never been inside this building have come tonight and i pray that you'd bless them and Lord, remind poor old Corpus Christi, which actually means body of Christ, but it's really not. I pray for the lonely, lost souls and sinners of our city. Bless those we've witnessed to this week. And Father, I pray that you'll give me liberty. And though we've had a lot of singing, wonderful testimonies, and Father, our hands have um, been busy this week and worked that's divine, and we're glad that you called us to something besides piddling in the world. And Father, our hearts have received blessings that the world knows nothing about. Our eyes have seen supernatural miracles this week all about us, singing, serving, having a wonderful time just because of the grace of God. Bless the sick, those in sorrow. And Father, I pray to bless all of our people in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord knew what he was doing when he gave us the word of God. Despised, rejected, abused, misused, buried, burned, slaughtered, whittled to pieces, and yet it still lives. The divinity of the book is seen in the fact that its opposition and enemies have been unable to destroy it. Was it Dale Carnegie who wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Nobody fought that book. That's right. But the Bible is the most despised book in the world. Has more enemies and the best friends. I know of no book that people are willing to die for outside the Bible. Ms. Roloff wrote the story of my life. That is up until some time ago. That book's not fought and despised like the Bible. But that book won't last like the Bible is. That book will be catching dust before very long. But the Word of God still lives. I'd be a fool if I told you now 
everything you'll ever need you'll find in Lester Roloff living by faith. I'd be a liar, but I can pick up my other book and say everything's in there. This is just a little pebble that came off of the big rock. This is just a little demonstration of a portion of the truth that God gave me. Ms. Roloff could have never written this book if I hadn't have found that book. And the one who gave it found me. Oh, tonight, I wish I could get you all to see there never was a day in my life that was more important to God than a day in your life. Now, you get this. If God had a purpose for my life, he's got one for you. And the only reason that I've been able to accomplish anything lasting and worthwhile is because, number one, God saved me, and then God revealed his will. Now, God never reveals his will uh, for service until he reveals his will for salvation. Until you're first saved, you're blind and dead. Now, I've got to get right on in to the message, the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. I, I just said to somebody today, I bogged down in the book of Colossians. I mean, it's just so rich. The theme of Colossians, of course, is Christ. Just Christ. I'm going to do the uh, second chapter tonight for our message. I would... that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. When I read that, I thought again, and we always have a new crop of people every little while because we have so many new ones in. But we've been thinking about flying tonight. And I flew that little old tri-pacer to Columbus, Nebraska. And I flew 500 hours before I ever got my license. I flew 8,000 before I ever got an instrument ticket, which is very foolish. But... Um, I got up to uh, uh, Columbus, Nebraska. I didn't have a private license. just had a student's license. Flying all over the country. I just, I got the plane. Cost me $7,000. And it's a plum good plane. Little tri-pacer, four plates. And uh, especially when I got so far away from home, people couldn't tell by looking at me. I guess where they had a light, didn't have a light. But I just, I didn't know it was all that important. And so I got up there and this old couple had driven from Carnin, uh, from uh, um, what's that little town there, where I go in Nebraska. Well, anyhow, um, I, I, they came all the way uh, up there to be in that meeting, and so they were eighty, about eighty and eighty-five apiece. They drove an old antique car. I mean, that old thing it just was so old, but it just ran real good. And they and they and they stayed there in the town in order to go to the meeting. And so I announced 
uh, that I was going to go down to my home base in Nebraska where I started my ministry up there and started on Columbus, KJSK. And so they came up to me at the close of the service and said, Brother Olaf, did you say you were going down uh, to a certain... I said, yes. They said, we think we'll fly down there with you. And of course, and I really, I, I never had, I was scared to fly every time I got off the ground. I lived in fear, not faith for a lot, a long time, you know. But uh, I said, well, uh, I said, I don't know about, I said, have you ever flown before? Oh, he said, no, we've never been around a plane before. But said, if we'd fly with anybody, we'd fly with you. Said, oh, me. That's not faith, that's foolish. But I said, well, and, and I tried to back them out. I told them, I, you know, I insinuated they might get sick or, you know, and, and, and I was going to land in a field. That's the only place he had down there, land in an old man's field. I knew where it was. And I just couldn't land in the field. And but Brother, when I got to the airport the next morning, you know who's standing there, don't you? That old couple, 80 and, and about 85, there they were. Boy, they were just a smiling. And I said, now, y'all sure you want to go? They said, Yes, we, we really want to fly, Brother Olaf. So I, I put him up in the front seat and buckled him down. I put her in the back seat and put the seat belt on her, and she sat there. And they asked me, said, why do you have to put these belts on? Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, he'd been used to riding bareback. But anyhow, uh, he, just, he didn't think that was necessary, see. And, but I, I said, well, that's part of what we supposed. So I got in there, and I took off in that little tripasher. And we got up, and, and, and I tell you, that old man, he got to looking out the window. And he said, you know, that looks like a checkerboard down there, doesn't it? And he said that, look at all, look how little everything looks and so forth. But the thing that bothered me, his wife never did say one thing. I, and, and I was scared to look around. I was so busy flying. I mean, that's the truth. And, and so there we were going down the, the Platte River, and... Um, so, and, and he was looking at everything, having a big time, and he wasn't nervous. I was. He wasn't. And I couldn't get a word out of her. And I thought, man, never got off of the ground before. And I thought, well, reckon what's happening to her back there? And so finally I got up, I leveled off, and I looked back, and she was sitting there in the seat, and she was knitting or crocheting, whatever it was, I don't know, you know, just like I said, I said, are you scared? She's scared. No, I'm not scared. Said, if we go down, I go up. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, listen. Brother, Paul is saying that their hearts might be comforted, and knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of the understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father. One of the mysterious things to me into the world is the mystery of Christ. Have you, you read through the Bible and find, especially in the Gospels, and find how many times he talks about the mystery, the mystery, the mystery. Why is it such a mystery? People look at the Holy Ghost like he's some, uh, something out in space somewhere, and you know he's, he, he's uh, uh, sort of like a, just something that you can't get a hold of and can't get anything. The Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I said, I don't even ask a banker what I can do if he's not saved. I said, I didn't ask you about it. I just want to know if you would let him have money. Yeah, right. I didn't come in to counsel with you. Folks, we're to walk in the counsel of God, Amen. not in the counsel of man. Notice something else. In whom? And brother, if you want to make a study of something, you count the ends in this book. In all wisdom. 
in the body, in my flesh for his body's sake, in the mightily, in me mightily, in Christ Jesus. Now, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why are they hid? Now, notice something else. He said, that's all of them. In whom, that's Jesus, are hid, A-double-L, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, let me ask you something. If the president or the governor or the attorney general is not a Christian, he doesn't have access to wisdom and knowledge. We're victims of people that hold not God in all. Uh, I, I, fact is, I want all of you. I want, I want every, I've never seen a man mean enough that I want to consign to hell. I never have wanted anybody uh, to be lost in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me ask you a question. What treasures are really outside of wisdom and the right kind of knowledge? What else do you need besides wisdom and knowledge? Neither one you're born with. There's never been a baby born with any wisdom or knowledge. Never. It's not natural to be wise. It's supernatural to be wise. Any man like wisdom, let him go to Baylor University. Didn't say that at all. Said, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally. It shall be given him. All the wisdom and the knowledge. This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith. Where? In Christ. Now, folks, I begin in verse 6, something that every one of you ought to heed, and I ought to heed. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now then, the question is, how did you receive him? By works? No. By joining? No. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You say, how did you receive him? By faith. Amen. Then what does that word so mean? It means to walk the way you received him. If you received him by faith, you wouldn't live like that. Until you've received Christ by faith, you can't walk by faith. And the Bible said anything that's not of faith is sin. The Bible says it four times in, in, in this book. Now the just shall live by faith. But he said, if our soul draw back, he'll have no pleasure. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them to believe to the saving of the soul and the life. Now, rooted, verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, look out. He's warning us, lest any man spoil you through college and university, education and learning. Where'd you get it? Philosophy and vain deceit. Where'd you come from? After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. This is the generation of philosophy, tradition, and ignoring the Word of God, setting up man-made rules and regulations. It still astounds me 
that there'd be one church in this country, especially a Baptist church, when we, be, when we get ordained, one of the questions that they always ask, are you willing to accept the Bible as your rule for faith and order? And you say yes. Then why would you accept rules and regulations from the world? They're conflicted just like that. Jesus is the head. When he becomes your head, you will have a perfect mind. Let this head or this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And in closing, the outstanding grace of the Christian, and until we learn it, we'll never get anywhere in the Christian life, and that's gratitude. Today, what I thought about tonight, I thought of a story that came to me when I first started preaching 48 years ago. I was not too far removed from the horse and buggy days then and the wagon days then. We still, back 48 years ago, had no tractors. We had mules, horses, had T-models and Model A's and some Chevrolets and so forth. There was an old farmer and his wife in the story that I read that said, we want our boy to get to go to college because we never did get to go. And there was a strange philosophy that came out about that time that said, I want my boy to go to school, go to college, so he won't have to work like I had to work. That kind of philosophy has ruined this country. No man has a right to eat that's not willing to work if he's able to work. But they saved and they strength and they put up everything and got his clothes ready and drove and took him in a wagon as many miles as he needed to go and he started in school. They came back. Weeks passed, months passed. They never did get a letter. They never did get a letter. Their boy, that day had saved so much and helped so much. And they, they just, and finally, she said, why don't you just get in that same wagon and go back? And he, I know it'll take time and days, but said, I, I'm just worried about him because that's just not like him not to let us know. We told him and we gave him some stationery and a pencil and he could and some stamps and he hadn't written one letter. And the story says that the old man got in that old wagon and drove for a number of days, came to the campus and he looked up and saw his boy out there with a bunch of boys and students all around him. And it seemed like they was having the best time. They were laughing and joking and the old man with his old overalls on and old straw hat, he kind of tied up the mules and he went out and went on the campus and walked up to his boy and he said, hey son, I'm sure glad to see you. We've been kind of worried about you. You didn't write us a letter, did you? And everybody looked so strange at this young college student and he looked strange at that old man. 
And the daddy began to look strange at him. He said, son, uh, aren't you glad to see me? He said, I don't know who you are. He said, son, what do you mean you don't know who I am? I'm your daddy. He said, no, you're not my daddy. The students laughed. And that boy, completely according to the story, ignored his dad. The story goes on to say that the daddy got in the wagon and drove back home and died of a broken heart. That story is supposed to be true. And if it is, there was an ingrate that didn't appreciate a daddy. It didn't make any difference who ought to been. They ought to hugged his neck and said, Daddy, thank you for letting me come to college. But if that be true, so what? But wait a minute. What about those of us that have been saved? Have you come to the place or been in the place where you refuse to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you here tonight and you've been ungrateful for what mother and daddy have done for you? Jesus is standing at your heart's door, standing and knocking. He's knocked before. This is the question that you face once more. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, roloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer.